you finding monster right the show about finding monsters right right i'm your host adam i'm your other host my name is ali and we're gonna talk about christmas monsters we're gonna talk about christmas monsters ding da da dum dun da da dum dun da dum dun what was that sound? That was uh that was a uh, that was an ominous Christmas explosion. <laughs> There's th- it's a uh, it's this it, we're traveling back in time. <laughs> All the way to 1964. Uh and everything is moving incorrectly because we're in stop motion era. <laughs> Oh, is this our is this our uh, is this our Abed, uh, Abed <laughs> yeah, Christmas special? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We're stop motion now. <laughs> Picture us stop motion for this episode only. <laughs> it's gonna be way easier for you to do than us to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we are a couple of misfits in King Moonracer's court. Yes, King Moonracer, the flying lion from the Christmas classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came out in 1964, and when you're watching any Rankin Bass production, you notice that everything is the craziest fucking shit you've ever goddamn seen. Except with Rudolph, nobody notices because the, you just grew up on. Oh yeah, no, he meets a prospector, and there's an elf that wants to be a dentist, and Santa has to get fat right now. That's important for some reason. And also, uh, uh, the there's the abominable snowman, and Rudolph is is an allegory for any kind of discrimination. Ableism, I suppose, is the most on brand. Most on the nose. Yes. And so, yeah, the the later uh, Rankin-Bass entries, when they start introducing, like, winter warlocks, and, uh, you know... (laughs) The the winter bolts, uh, Big Ben the whale with a clock in his tail that takes Rudolph and his Christmas bad boy crew... Around the archipelago of lost years. Yeah, they they tra- they get someone from different every era. At some point, some a circus lady throws a gun at <laughs> an elder god and turns him into a tree. The, these are all things that have one hundred percent happened. <laughs> we, S- Santa Claus was raised by a lioness named the Great Chiegra. And that one's non-canon. <laughs> That's the one that we watched in preparation for this. Yeah. <laughs> the the incorrect one. <laughs> the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Yeah, no, that was a wild one. It's like Wizard of Oz canon. Anyway, I wanted to talk about a different lion. <laughs> yes, the um Moonracer. I'm sorry, King Moonracer. His his Lord Majesty King Moonracer. So King Moonracer reigns over the island of misfit toys. Yeah, and he's a a flying lion. He uh he, he wears a crown, he's got like a black mane. And he's he's enormous too, worth mentioning. I think he's about the size of a normal lion. Really, he seemed bigger than like Rudolph and company. He was on a little pedestal. Oh, okay, so he was on a little cat tree. Maybe he's just really big in my imagination. Maybe it's the way that he's shot mm-hmm. in his yellow dollhouse. He does have a case of the Elsa castles, where like <laughs> it's a castle alone on an icy mountain, and like there's no furniture in it <laughs> not a not a drop of it not a drop of he just kind of sits up there all day uh, no he doesn't do that all day every day he flies around the world every night yeah every night he flies around the world looking for misfit toys that no girl or boy wants and then he takes them back to the island of misfit toys where they can just hang out they, they practice songs i guess yeah <laughs> they uh, spray each other with jelly mhm and they uh they talk about their woes yeah. So, um, 
who's the what's the name of the full company that we have? We have Rudolph, mm-hmm. uh, Cornelius, Yukon Cornelius, Yukon Cornelius, a greatest prospector of the North, and then we have uh, the the dentist boy, Hermie the Elf, Hermie the Elf, who uh, who doesn't want to be an elf, he wants to be a dentist. But which I mean, look, we got to talk about a distinction between race and class here. <laughs> Because he can still be an elf and also be a dentist. He's he's an elf dentist, but he's trying to multi-class. He was statted as a as, in, as a toy maker. I've always thought that, and I think we said this in the elf episode last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think uh, Christmas elves are like rock gnomes in D and D terms. Yeah, I, I think I see what you're saying because they're they're short. They build toys. Yeah, <laughs> the end. Yeah, still have pointed ears and weird noses. That's about it. Yeah. So. How does a lion, a flying lion, how how is he the king of the island of misfit toys? So this is an island, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a castle there. Yes. Who put the castle there? Oh my gosh. I just assumed it was like, the snow glows white on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen. <laughs> a kingdom of isolation... And I'm the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this was a kingdom that was either abandoned or like he took over. Hmm. But it's a it's an icy land where no one can survive except for toys. So hmm. when uh, Rudolph and company go to see him in court, he says they're asked like, hey, we're misfits. We're looking for a home. Can we stay here? And he says, no, no. Only toys can stay here. I think that might be because um, no living creature can hide away, can hide himself away on an island. But he said himself, not themselves. I don't know if he's using the generic he there. I think he might be, like, he might have like done a Freudian slip and been talking about himself. Like, what am I doing on this island? <laughs> it was very, yeah, that reflective. Lions live in prides. There's no other lions here. That's actually a good point about how lions interact. Yeah. Uh, the the thing that my thought process on that was that perhaps the Island of Misfit Toys has no natural resources. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a rock of ice. And therefore there's no, you can't sustain living creatures. You think you own whatever land you land on. This is uh this episode is twenty percent more musical than our usual episodes. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. Yeah, did not hit that. Never mind. It's just a it's a dead rock. So there's no food for Rudolph and friends to eat. No. So I have a theory about the location of uh, of the island of misfit toys. Okay. Yeah, tell us. I think it's in the Al- in the Aleutians. The Aleutians. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Actually, it might be Aleutian. Uh, I've a... never said this word out loud. This Pre- is a, look at this picture. You seen this? This is beautiful. That looks like that looks like it, frankly. Yeah, it's a this little coastal town. By coast, I mean like there's giant mountains with ice in the background. So I have several reasons why this might be uh, the case. Okay. So first off, it's near the Arctic, obviously. Yeah, these uh, they're right off the coast of um. It's like that big long stretch of islands coming off of Alaska and going all the way to uh Siberia to Kamchatka for you Risk players because. <laughs> Because these islands are the only remaining, well, some of the remaining land of Beringia, which was a land bridge connecting Siberia to North America 
during the last ice age. How, uh, you know, the proto-Native Americans came to America. Right. And a lot of non-human animals as well. Yeah. They all carried across there and uh, populated this new world. Right. And in cryptozoology, one of those animals is a Bigfoot. The Yeti and Bigfoot are supposed to be like the same thing. And so Bigfoot came over on the Bering Land Bridge. That is an idea that, frankly, I have... Uh, I, I tweeted a thing about this recently where it's like, this is a very big animal that lives in the forest that eats mostly bamboo and fruit, things that do not grow in the permafrost of Siberia, and it does not migrate, and you're telling me that it's going to go all the way across the Bering Land Bridge for no reason so you can fuck Bigfoot or whatever. Neither the Yeti or Bigfoot are, like, big movers. No. <laughs> They're not known for... Uh, going on adventures. <laughs> no, and this theory relies on Gigantopithecus uh, being the ape. And Gigantopithecus is an animal that was only found in the Indo-Malayan bio-realm. Hmm. So, like, only Indochina, basically, and a bit of, like, China and South Asia. But there is no evidence of it crossing there and no reason to think that it did, except what if Bigfoot, though, so I can have sex with Bigfoot. But in fiction... I think it's a pretty good explanation for when a species moves across like a huge thing, a huge amount of land like that, it's not like, you know, they, they're all moving at once. They're going like, you know, over time. The population is expanding. They're not like marching across there like okay we all have to go to north america now it's funny that's always been the image in my in my mind that they're just in a single file line crossing a, like a very dainty piece of land bridge like the like the opening of ice age <laughs> yes I, i'm literally thinking of the opening of ice age like well no so you know it's a sequence you know like they leave little like breadcrumbs of creatures as they go through like the bigfoot in the pacific northwest is a spinoff of Alaskan uh, gigantopithecines, which are a spinoff of Beringian gigantopithecines, which are a spinoff of Siberian gigantopithecines, which are a spinoff of Gigantopithecus proper. You can, like, you can trace the stepping stones as you cross this land bridge. And one of those stepping stones, so, like, a little phylogenetic branch between Bigfoot and the Yeti mm -hmm. that got stuck on an island when, uh, when the water levels came back up because Bumble's sink oh is the is the bumble and so that's why he's mm. there he exists in this in this area because of that reason yeah he, it would make sense that because he's not he's not a literal yeti right <laughs> he, he is an entire a different creature way sharper teeth probably made sharp from eating fish mm. <laughs> along this coastal Ooh. area Ooh, a, a carnivorous ape that's what he is you've seen how, how he interacts with the world and also, you know, Yukon Cornelius is there. So, like, Alaska, like, the Klondike, or not the, like, the, it can't be the Klondike Gold Rush because that was in uh, the Yukon Territory. Hmm. And, like, I thought about this, like, oh, so I guess it's in the Yukon then? But, like, that doesn't make sense. His nickname can't be Yukon Cornelius if he's in the Yukon. Agreed. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's why Indiana Jones doesn't take place in Indiana. Right. Like, <laughs> or Hannah Montana lives in California. Right. Like, it would be like if your nickname were like Adam America. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I Like, if you went to Europe and they called you Adam America, you'd be like, okay, sure. But if we called you that in America, that would be weird. Also, uh, I recall something, something 
in the original script, I think he was looking for like a peppermint mine. Hmm. <laughs> so like, you know, his quest for gold, silver, it doesn't like point to any particular land, I guess is what I'm saying. But anyway, this is all to say that it's in the Aleutians and the Aleutians are inhabited. Of course, mm-hmm. there are native peoples there. Uh, I think that maybe King Moonraiser found, like you were saying, like one of these islands that didn't have any like natural resources, any good places for people to live. And he's maybe, like, maybe not anymore since the water has been rising. Well, may- maybe, but that's over like thousands of years. I guess that's a true point. But so it's like, hey, listen, there's nothing for you on this island. It's pretty good Moonraiser. And I just. Look, I have toys that need a home, so we're gonna live here, and, like, don't fuck with us. I was thinking about how Moonracer gets, uh, gets... Off? Food? Oh, yeah, how does he get food? I mean, I assume he just, I assume he just humps a rock. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cave of, mi- of, of misfit <laughs> substances. This is the cave of very bad lion boys. <laughs> Uh, he, if he, if he flies around the world, I, I assume he picks up, like, food along the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, Santa gets milk and cookies, like, do, do, <laughs> what do you like, leave if out a from... toy feels unloved, mm-hmm. like, do they make an offering of, like, zebra meat? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, a bunch of just real rare steaks. My thought was, uh, what if he made a deal with the native peoples on nearby islands, like, hey, bring me a seal every now and then? And it's like, well, what do we get in return? Uh, I have toys. My daughter could use a toy that would actually be really nice. This is a nice trade. I like this. This is a very wholesome diplomatic relationship we're establishing. I I guess so. That's his only kind of resource he has to spend, is the toys. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, he's just picking up takeout wherever he goes. Do you think maybe he could just, like, fly over the ocean and just, like, grab a seal with his paw like a polar bear? Yeah, or like a, like, you ever see the bald eagle just swoop down and come up with, like, a fish bigger than it? Fun fact, they only get the fish one time out of four. Really? So so they're, that's also true about lions as well. Aren't they, like, really poor hunters statistically? Uh, I mean, they're pretty good hunters statistically compared to other hunters, like compared to other large mammals, but I think they only get like 20%. That's what I'm th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. 30%, something like that. Uh, they, they're only successful that many times. Dragonfly, though, successful 95% of the time. Just a, a killer bug. Dragonflies fucking rock. But no, yeah, so Bald Eagle only catches fish one time out of every four times. You go to the grocery store four times, you get food only two of those times, you're still doing better than America's favorite bird. Which is crazy. So yeah, what else is there to eat there? I guess not much. Fish. Oh, people. <laughs> I. There's no records of lion eating seals. He, There's he... records of lions eating people. He does say there are no living creatures here, and you can't stay. Wait a minute. Uh, although this is a plate this is not a place for any living creatures is he undead uh, he he's either hmm is he frankenstein did someone do the monster mash so if he's not undead the the only other oh, well let's explore that for a moment who how did he die how could he die he's been doing this for a long time i i he i feel like he not unlike the uh, like the Wizard of Oz type world that we talked about. Uh, he's a uh, immortal being of sorts. Yes, like I, Santa. Like Santa, except like 365 times as powerful, I guess. Yeah, and it, 
Because, yeah, he does Santa's job for him every, like, every goddamn day of the year. No, not Santa's job. He fl- The opposite of Santa's job, kind of. Or, like, yeah, quality he, assurance on Santa's job. He uses the same powers of Santa. Yeah. Flying around the world. Or, I guess, Santa's reindeer. Hang on. What if this and, and, it's a similar magic between the two of them? Yeah, and there's also the rain snakes from uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July that Winterbolt has. Right. So, uh, like, some animals can fly, and if an animal flies, you can go around the world in one night. I think I, I, I can see that. Flying animals exist A-OK in this world. You don't have to worry about that. He's the only one with wings, though. Yeah. Uh, wings of an eagle, body of a lion... Uh, Moon Racer, let's talk about how he's related to griffins. Right. So the griffin is a mythical creature uh, who has many iterations through the ages. Yes, yes it is. Oftentimes, it, uh, in addition to those features, it has the head of an eagle. Yes, so griffin, it's got bird wings, bird front legs, lion back legs, lion tail, lion body mostly, and an eagle head. If it was standing up like a man, you would it would appear almost like a, like halfway through the torso. It would become eagle on the way up, lion on the way down. That's also true if it was on all fours, like how it is normally. Imagine if you took off an eagle's butt and put a lion's whole back half on it. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. So I came up with, and we'll post this on Twitter... I came up with a Kinsey scale for uh, for griffins. So it's it a, goes from exclusively bird to exclusively cat. It's a spectrum that has all the types of griffins and near things on there, right? Yeah. You know, exclusively bird, stuff like a house sparrow, an ostrich, an eagle. Uh, one on the griffin scale is uh, is like a, it's like a gray cat bird, which is just like a bird that I've run into before That's uh, that's like... It's a native bird. It makes a sound that sounds a little like a cat. So, hence cat bird. And I was like, that's registering. <laughs> yes, it's on there, close, slightly closer to the, the lion end. Uh, one time, uh, one of them hit my parents' deck window, and I tried to help it, but it died. Oh. Also on here is, uh, is Archaeopteryx, because, like, it's got teeth. It's got claws on its forelimbs. It's got a bony tail. Those are all things a cat does. Mm. So that's that's on there. One time one of them uh, crashed into my heart. That's impossible. Uh, two on the griffin scale. The Minoan griffin. The original sort of griffin. Because uh, that does not have wings. It's just a cat with a bird head, basically. Oh, that's what I'm looking at right here in this fresco. Yeah. Yeah, See like, what I mean? It's, kinda like, it's most, most of a panther, but then you put a little, like, little peacock flare on the top. Ooh, there's some peacock flare going on. Yeah. Also on here, I want to put, I want to amend hippogriffs. Hippogriff. Hippogriff goes uh, number two on the griffin scale because that's like not all the way. It's half bird, half something else, but that something else is not a cat. Yeah, it's not. It's but the, it is a mammal. It's a mammal. It's got four limbs. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see that why that kick, the ticks on there. So hippogriff is number two. Number three, like perfect mix of the two. Is your regular ass griffins? It's got wings. It's got a head. Bing bang boom. You got a griffin. Any any cat, any bird, put them together. Hummingbird, ocelot, cat. It's ostrich, tiger, griffin. I haven't thought about a lot of these. They're, those are some really cool ones. I like a I like a peacock panther. Peacock panther. That's pretty good. Uh, that's that's very aesthetic, actually. Yeah. And then number four. Now we're getting more into the cat way of things. 
Number four on this list are like winged cats, which would include King Moon Racer. A winged cat. Yeah. Number five is the actual real world wingy cats. Like you've seen those like articles uh, from like winged cat found in China. It's just a cat with like some weird like skin growing on its side. Yeah. Okay. And then like number six is exclusively cat. Just a straight up cat. Just straight up cats. All right. I got it. Uh, this one's got almost like an owl look to him. Yeah. I, I will say though, if you type in like bird cat into Google images, like those would technically count as a two on the Griffin scale. It's just like a cat with a bird head. It is the worst thing to look at. I don't like looking at it. It's like, you know how I feel about, okay, uh, yeah, no, you know how I feel about like, about animals and how great they all are and stuff. But like, this is really registering on my disgusting scale. You don't like this? I'm not looking. I'm not going to look. You can't make me. It's a little owl. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Those parts don't go into those parts. Oh, God, no. I can't see. I took off my glasses and I closed my one good eye. All right. Okay, so beyond... Okay. <laughs> beyond... beyond... <laughs> In my head, I'm like, it's not a good podcast if one of the hosts is just saying, I'm not looking. <laughs> no. no. I can't it's not. see. I can't speak. It's also not a good podcast if it's like, look. <laughs> uh, agreed. So, so let's get back to talking about Moon Racer. Yeah. Uh, He's a self-appointed king. I think if you found the kingdom, you get to call yourself a king. Which is fair. Uh, there is um, there's a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, or <laughs> uh, For the 50th anniversary, uh, there's a tie-in like comic book that apparently t- was a midquel, a Lion King one and a half, mm-hmm. where it's... A Gaiden, <laughs> as a, is, which is a word I learned today. Yes, yeah, so it's a Gaiden. Gaiden is not just something you put on the end of a game to make it sound like Ninja Gaiden as a as a joke. It means like a side story, like a in between quote. Yes, when they were, when he was first rescuing uh, Charlie in the box, you learn more of his um, backstory hmm. and the fact that he himself was a misfit. Oh, when where he was born, he didn't fit in as well with everyone else. That's very sad. It is. Uh, what I would like to posit quickly. Um, do you think perhaps his kin are more like the traditional griffins? Oh, do you think one of them fucked a lion? I think that there's like, he probably comes from a kingdom of people that are all eagle lions. <laughs> like they're one pretty one for one. And he comes out looking real lion-like. Hmm. And he doesn't belong. He's kicked out and he goes to form his own re- uh, region. That's why he doesn't have a pride. Oh, that's very sad. It's sad. However, becoming the ruler and gathering a bunch of misfits together into community is a great, like, kind of bounce back from that. Yeah, he just stumbled across, like, some misfit toys and was like, you know, as broken people do, they're like, I'm going to help. I'm going to help somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, well, we'll I'll, I'll, there's a, a abandoned castle over here. I'm going to start a podcast about monsters and everyone's going to be happy. <laughs> Because it, 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 I I can't stress this enough. There's nothing else on the island. No. <laughs> There's some mountains and all these ice. toys just hang out on the ice. Yeah. There's enough wood for fires sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> there might be like one little cottage I think that they stay in shortly after. Yeah. But that's about it. <laughs> they, they just stay out there exposed to the elements. I have an interesting idea that I just thought of. Okay. So... I don't think a griffin, right? A griffin is a CR2 monster in I, D&D terms. I guess. 
And like in general, in fantasy, like sometimes they're not even intelligent. Like I don't think they're a very powerful creature. You think that Moonracer and his flying abilities make him far more superior? I think that Moonracer is... He may not be a griffin. I think the kind of immortal creature that he is, if uh, we take the life and adventures of Santa Claus into account and the mantle of immortality can only be bestowed on one mortal forever, and it's Santa Claus, Yes. then King Moonracer must uh, predate that. I think that he is not a African lion. You think he might be from... Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the place. Is it sort of the bee? The Gur Forest in India? No, no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the Wizard of Oz land. Oh, Bursey. Bursey. Do you think he's from Bursey? No. Okay. No, I think he's from Beringia. I think he's from this uh, this crossing land bridge. I think he's a European cave lion, Panthera spela, from the Ice Age. From the Ice Age, crossing along the way, did not make it all the way? No, 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 no. I think he is, like... Oh, if he you're was already in, over there. If you're inventing a god and you're like a paleo-Indian, you are going to pick, of course, like this is the basis of the griffin also. Like you're going to pick the biggest thing in the sky and the biggest thing on the land. Put them together. Put them together. Boom. Moon racer. You're going to pick a cave lion with wings and also make it your king. And that kind of... And, you know, what drives a group... Because unlike animals, humans can decide, you know, they actually can decide... We're going to trek east and see how far we can go. What drives a person to do that if they're a misfit? King Moonracer is a paleolithic god of misfits that was created Hmm. as like a spirit, like an ancestral spirit from the belief of these people. And so he sustains himself on worship or subjects, as it were. That's why he gathers up all the people that um, that would worship him. Yeah. And he brings them to this location. Okay, I think that, that tracks. Uh, does that apply to his uh, the backstory that we know? That he was once somewhere that where he didn't belong? Hmm. Maybe his followers were all, like, wiped out well, by a competing cult? If that happened, then, yes, truly, he no longer belongs there. He's a god without worshippers. That's why he gathered everyone. Yes. Okay. And, like, can you sustain yourself as a deity on the belief of these constructs that have been given life through some Toy Story means. uh, Toy Story, I'm glad you brought that up because that's 100% what I was thinking of when he was like, the purpose of a toy is to be loved by a child. Right. Like that is like literally uh, word for word stuff from Toy Story movies. Um, However, I I do want to ask the question that he is very keen on Santa coming by to pick up all the toys. Right. To take away 100% of his worshippers from his island. Mm. What does that mean? I think he wants to set up a system hmm. of, you know, toys come in, toys come out. He wants to be a halfway house. He wants to he wants to attach himself. He wants to make himself part of Santa's process because Santa gets all those worshippers. You know, we all make jokes about like kids praying to Santa or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I, I prayed to Santa a couple times when I was a kid. He's a saint. It counts. <laughs> Santa. Uh, and, you know, by all these canon canonical sources, Santa has 
a crazy, you know, crazy. He's magic. He has abilities. He ha- is. He has that status. He is loved, if maybe not worshipped. He has a mantle of immortality bestowed upon him. So if Moonracer can like attach himself to that Christmas legend, make himself part of the Christmas canon, he can sustain himself on holiday cheer and doesn't have to rely on you know keeping these toys here on this island forever. Because also. These toys want to get off and he wants to make sure they're happy. It's also... He does sympathize with them. Yeah, and it's a good point that those uh, toys aren't... His job isn't a seasonal one. Right. So that's the only reason why he would want to tie himself to to Santa is to tap off that Christmas energy. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's very interesting. I think another key point here is that perhaps maybe this is uh, an evangelation method. Which, I mean, he is a symbol of St. Mark, the winged lion, as your and my high school was. Right. And sending literally these worshippers of his around the world to to spread oh, the good news okay. of well, King Moonracer. That way, if you find, like, another misfit toy when you're out there, hey, just get some zebra meat. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's honestly doing his job for him. Yeah. That's where, like, you know, he's like, oh, now it'll be so much easier to find misfit toys. I have contacts all over the globe. Creating the cult of Moonracer. More the church of Moonracer. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where he's he's establishing little tiny fact follower groups that are bringing other misfit toys to worship. If you're a very good misfit toy, I will leave a rose on your pillow. And that means that the spirits have chosen you. This and, isn't a cult. I want to say that I... Anyway, buy these vitamins. So, where... Uh, a question for you. Do you think King Moonracer named himself? Or was that like... Is that just his title as it's always been? Well, let's talk about the fact that... like I, I feel like a lot of people mishear the name as Moonracer. Which is way cooler. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say. but Not, not that Moonracer's not. It's very cool. I think... For the first time, I'm truly trying to understand what his name implies. Well, he flies around every night looking for toys, so he races the moon. He races the moon. He only yeah. goes up when the moon's out. Yeah. When the moon's out, he races around. All right. Okay. That, I I did not put that together until just now. I think that makes sense. Yeah. It's a cool moniker. Could it also stand for Moonraser? No. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Therapist, therapy animal, or needs therapy? Hmm, okay. So, this is an easy answer, Adam. The answer is <laughs> needs therapy for all of them. <laughs> because everyone needs therapy. I, I guess that's... I guess that's We go to the dentist twice a year for our teeth, and not everybody goes to the brain doctor ever. Like, is your brain not more important than your teeth? Think about it. The more you know. Do you care about your brain more than your teeth? Go see a therapist. Talk about your problems. All right. This is my PSA. I love you. Yeah. Subscribe. The, the the system kind of implies that therapists don't need to go to therapy, which like I, I think 100% of the therapists I've heard of also go to therapy. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't doctors got to go to the doctor? Yeah, exactly. Construction workers got to live in a house someone built. But in that three... Uh, is there it, just a never-ending chain of mailmen delivering <laughs> mail to other mailmen? Don't you have a paper to do? How did he know I had an essay to write? Um. Well... In this uh, trinary system, I do think he would be a... He's a therapist of therapists. He would be a therapist. 
Yeah. Like, people, like, he literally, people rely on him to support their depression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they literally, he goes around the world and, like, people are like, I'm depressed, no one likes me anymore, come with me. And what he's doing is not unhealthy for the toys. No, I, I would not say so. Yeah, no. we. You said earlier, halfway house. He's creating a community, mm-hmm. and he's, he's creating got this, a global community. Even he's got his little Zen castle too. Yeah, where, like nothing's in it. Just empty <laughs> walls. They come in. You don't see it, but he has. He literally has the a throne, the chair. Yeah, I and feel like a, to, a toy comes in. They sit in the chair, and he like writes down their stuff. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. Maybe, uh, or he might also just fucking love his throne. <laughs> he is a cat, after all. The cold never bothered me anyway, but if I can find a sunbeam to take a nap in, that would be so fucking choice right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good gig. He's a monster that kind of has all his shit together, which we don't, we don't always encounter. Usually, the monsters that we we deal with are all over the place. I gotta ask, mm-hmm. Squatch Lorette. Um, Moonracer, King Moonracer. He is a king. Yay, nay. Does it get a rose? Um, you know what? I think we may need to... Change the system? I think we may need to change the system because, you know, this is, like, a whole lion. <laughs> and that is... I don't swing. For... I'm many things, but a furry's not one of them. Okay. If... <laughs> if I were... No, wait. This isn't even a furry thing. This no. Is, that's just full-on bestiality, I think. Well... Yep. It's not okay. He's... The Jackson, the Jackson Bailey method. It's mm-hmm. not wrong. I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a no for me as well. The, the the thing I'm thinking of about King Moonracer though is that if I were a furry type, which you are, um, yeah. I, <laughs> I would the the I would want to embody. That was a joke about how much body hair you have. That was not no. I would want to embody, if I was embodying a lion, I would also, I would want the lion to have wings and a crown. <laughs> okay. And be named Moonracer. That's fair. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, um, he's got a, yeah, he's got a good operation down. He's got, um, Charlie in the Box is a Sentry. Let's talk a little bit about the Misfit Toys. Wait, wait, wait. I wanted to say. Oh, okay. I think we're replacing Squatch Lorette finally. Oh, right. Or, you know, like, mostly replacing it. Well, Moonracer versus Bowser over me. They're fighting over me. Who wins? <laughs> is the new system. Yeah. Bowser shows up in his Mario Odyssey airship on the island of Misfit Toys. Uh, they're both bloodlusted. <laughs> Monster Smackdown. Let's go. Who would win in the fight between them? Yeah. I think Bowser would. Bowser has actual, like, Turtle beats Jack in the Box. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I think, uh... I think Moonracer is too like good to fight. Mm. I I almost I don't want to say that because I think it'd be awesome if he fought. But he is powerful. He's very powerful. He can fly, but I think he's a pacifist. Mm. I don't think he wages wars. So does he just wait for Mario to show up? He does have big Mario NPC energy. Yes, I feel like he would be captured by Bowser, and Mario has to rescue him by jumping on things. Yeah, and then you you go around to the world, and it's full of misfit toys, and they're all like. Help! The the island misfit toys really is a Mario Odyssey level, huh? It kind of super totally is, huh? <laughs> All it's missing is a couple like question mark blocks. <laughs> All right, well that answers that question. Yeah, we I, can't I, say goodbye to the Squatch Lorette. I think that was. <laughs> I think Monster Smackdown and Squatch Lorette can live in harmony. Yeah, the I, world is wide enough. I agree. 
Maybe we should uh, bring back something like Long Stalks on the Beach instead. Make a make a you know dating version. Mm. Could could uh, Moonracer find love in Long Stalks on the Beach? Yeah, actually, that this is maybe that's the new question that we'll ask. Can could this creature find love? I think we did that sometimes with some stuff. I think um, like uh, Urukai is very much that. Um, well, he he's kind of married to his job. True, he doesn't really have time for anyone. He flies around every night. So, you know, it's like, you know, someone that's just works exclusively at the, like, different hours of operation. It would have to be someone that doesn't mind going around with him. Or, like, a goddess. Or a god. Yeah. <laughs> like an old, old spirit type being. A creature of, what about... Ooh, wait. I think I know someone who's into kings. Oh. We, we've got different ideas then. Okay. I was thinking Lady Boreal. I was thinking Grendel's mom. <laughs> who I think canonically is dating Slenderman in our show. I don't remember. Our show got pretty wild around 69. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so I Lady Boreal come, came to mind. She's the um, the goddess that gives <laughs> Rudolph his powers. Right. She's uh, Rudolph is her paladin. Exactly, yeah. Uh, like... She, Rudolph gets framed for tax fraud in one of the later movies, and so he his nose doesn't glow and he loses his paladin abilities. He can't do divine smites anymore. <laughs> Correct. So uh, she is the embodiment of the Aurora Borealis up there. I want to say, like, you know, something that you could definitely see from uh, King Moonracer's land. Right. To be two god figures, I think it's okay for them to just see each other every now and then. Yeah. Even yeah. if one of them is a, a, a lady and the other is a lion, I feel like they can just kind of, like, commingle their divine energies i don't think they need to actually like do the the the, the mash i would agree the monster mash uh, I, why am i thinking about the monster mash so much it's christmas <laughs> it's not halloween you were yes christmas is just around the corner mm. and uh i think she takes on the human form when she fought Winterbolt. that's right. not her true shape mm. so yes cosmic energy swirling around i think uh i think moon racer can find can find love so, but we'll get to that holiday next time, next different time of year. Valentine's? Yeah, no, well, I'm not working doing this year. Are we know. doing another sad bachelor from Pennsylvania? I, I don't know. So, let's take a, a King Moon Racer to the final rating place. Sounds like a plan. Uh, he's he is a lion. He is mighty. Hear him roar. Uh, but he doesn't roar, does he? Uh, not. Over the course of the movie, no. He may in uh, in Rudolph on the Island of Misfit Toys, which was some, like, uh, direct-to-video nonsense. Oh, yeah, I don't... Honestly, like it. it contradicts some of the other specials. I don't consider it canon. Yeah. So, King Moonracer, in my opinion, for being just a, a plain-ass winged lion, pretty low on the monster list. It's like, all right, these are just two animals. Or an animal with another animal's parts. Uh, I do think he's very good, which we don't always see in monsters. Yeah. Sometimes we're, they're evil and we, like, you know, we, we tell their story in a different way. Mm -hmm. We, um, we, uh, the big bad wolf them <laughs> into a more compassionate uh, character. But I think he's already, he's doing great work. He's, like, second to Santa, <laughs> one of the most benevolent forces in this world. Yeah, and voiced by the same person. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same voice actor uh, plays Santa and Moonracer. So I don't think that, I, th- I think that doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. He's certainly the more reasonable between uh, him and Santa in terms of authority figures. And Santa, especially in the Rudolph special, is a whiny bitch. Oh, yeah. You should be ashamed of your freak son, Donner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Looking at your fucking freak of a son. I can't afford to throw up. My wife will kill me. Fuck your fucking baby. Fuck. Ho, ho, ho. So. Wait, Rudolph. You're useful to me. That means I can exploit you. Welcome to the system. Forever. You have to pee in this bottle now. No bathroom breaks. I. What kind of tax write-up do you think Santa gets? For giving away all those toys. What taxes? He lives at the North Pole. There's there's no... That doesn't have any kind of... There's no countries in charge of that. I, I, I guess you're right. But it's... That's why he lives there. It was that or Delaware. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I, I think he's got, a, he's got a very good energy to him. I'm going to give him a, a ho, ho, ho 7.2 out of 10. Hmm. I... We'll give him a 10 out of 10. Top of the list? I don't think he's very... I I can't think of any problems with him. No, my, my only counters for him is are that he's not a... He's not a monster that we redeemed on the show. He was already pretty great. Oh, yeah. So, that but that's my scoring. Lock it down to a 9. Alright. Because, like, he's a solid boy. But also, like, I don't know, kind of a nothing episode then. You're right. <laughs> Well, this was not a nothing episode. We learned what his deal was. Yeah. We learned, like, what his, the forces that control him and that control the destiny of all those misfit toys. I got an idea for a new segment. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. So, happy holidays, everyone, to you and yours from Finding Monster Rights. To yours and you. Uh, was that a poem? <laughs> I think that counts as a poem. I think so. Uh, I mean, if E.E. Cummings can do it, we can. Good night, everyone.